continuing a series, and actually we're concluding the series this weekend, entitled Family Recipes. We've been talking and teaching on the family and marriage, and we're going to conclude that today. And I'm going to invite the team to move forward, and they're going to begin to distribute uh, buckets. And inside the bucket is a jar of jelly. And I want every married couple to take one. So they'll pass it. And they're all the same flavor, so don't, don't worry about picking your favorite one. They're going to pass them out. And I want you to hold on to this because this relates to the message this weekend. I want you to go home with a jar of jelly in your hand, and I'll explain it to you in a moment. They're passing it out. Both balcony and main floor, take one with you. Hold on to it because it's going to relate. Every married person, take one because it relates to the message this weekend. And I'm speaking on the subject this weekend, sweeten the marriage. Sweeten the marriage. Some of us married, you're fed up with marriage. Some of us, some of us were love starved in the marriage. Some of us, we've lost our appetite for marriage. And I want to speak to you and encourage you on how to enrich and sweeten your marriage. There's a phrase that we used to hear, and I want you to notice you don't hear this phrase as frequently as you used to. You know you used to hear the phrase, home sweet. We don't hear that anymore. Why? Because the home is not sweet like it used to be. When a couple marry, after their ceremony, they go on what we call a honey moon. Yeah, sweeten the relationship before they get into the realities and the responsibilities. But I want to say many of us have kind of got caught in this moment where the marriage is not sweet anymore. Our marriages for some of us is kind of like this toast. Okay? Some of you messed up and you even said, I'm toast right now. Yeah, that's, uh, that's where you're at. And the marriage is dry flavorless, unexciting, maybe even boring, really not appetizing. This represents, for some of us in the room, this represents our marriage. And I'm here to encourage us, there's a way you can sweeten the marriage. You take the driest flavorless toast, you put enough jelly on it, can I tell you, you make a meal on it. You need to baptize that toast with some sweetener, with some jelly. I'm here to say there's a way we can sweeten the marriage relationship and take it from being dry, tasteless, boring toast to being exciting, meaningful, and sweet. Hence why you have a jar of jelly in your hand. It's to remind you you can and there's a pathway for you to sweeten your marriage. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, for just a few moments, I, I, want, to, I want to speak to uh, our, our, our families in our marriage. If you're not married, I want you to still zero, zero in. I want you to come and connect with me because there's going to be a day you will be married and we want to help you find the pathway to keep the marriage sweet. If you're living in Splitsville... And some of you know what I mean by that. If you're living in Splitsville, it's because you've lost the sweetness of your marriage. So I invite you to join me in an Old Testament book, Song of Solomon. 
It's probably not a book in the Bible. Many of us have read much. But it speaks to us. It's written by the wisest man that's ever lived, Solomon. It's a series of songs or poems. And the poetic words, the the phrases, sometimes we think are just, you know, kind of just creative and and, kind of like a Hallmark card. But I want to suggest to us the Holy Spirit has deposited insights on how we can sweeten our marriage. Chapter 2, verse number 14 and 15, just two verses, but they speak to us. Verse number 14, he says, My dove, my dove in the clefts of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face. Let, let me hear your voice. Your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that run the vineyard, our vineyards that are in bloom. Verse number 15. That's, that's a phrase you've heard. You never knew it was from the Bible. Little foxes spoil the vine. That's from the Bible. And he's speaking here of married love. And he said it's possible in married love that the little foxes, the little things can spoil or sour the vine, can sour the marriage. Little things in our spice rack. When we season the marriage with resentment, anger, criticism, defensiveness, these spoil the marriage. And there's some of us in this room... The little foxes have spoiled the vine. There was a time you were close and you, there was celebration, but now there's distance and there's, there's, a, there's a sense of alienation in the marriage. And little things came in and began to, to gnaw away and begin to corrode and corrupt and spoil the vine. It's the little things that now have become big things. And then all of a sudden we say it's everything in the marriage. And he's telling us, don't allow that. Don't allow the little foxes to spoil the vine. And for just a moment, fellas, I want to talk to us. I want to help us guys concerning our marriage. There are five words, five words that women say, and most of the time we don't understand what they mean. So I'm going to give you five words, fellas, that your wife says and what she really means by that. The first one is... Have you ever heard your wife say, fine? If she says fine, what she really means, the word is used at an end of an argument when she knows she's right and you need to be quiet. The second word is the word nothing. Have you ever asked her, what's bothering you? And she says, nothing. You ask her, well, what would you like for your anniversary, your birthday? She says, nothing. It really means something, and you need to get the hint. Third word. The third word is go ahead. Fellas, if she says go ahead, that's not a dare, and it's not permission. You're better off if you don't do it. Fourth, if she ever says whatever... The word whatever in a marriage from your wife really means you're a dummy. Okay? (laughs) The fifth word. The fifth word. If she says, well, that's okay, what she's really thinking, 
long and hard how and when you're going to pay for it. <laughs> when the concert, when you're going to realize you're making a mistake. And can I say it's so easy in a marriage, the little foxes spoil the vine, the little things get in and cause disruption and, and cause separation in the marriage emotionally and otherwise. And Scripture, I believe, here in chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, give us two key insights about making the marriage sweet and keeping it sweet. The first thing I want to share with you, verse number 14, is marriages are sweetened through affection. Marriage is sweetened through affection. What is affection? Affection is just care. A person feels af affection when they feel cared for, when they feel like they matter. And just like food, everyone has a different uh, taste palate. Some people like milk chocolate and some people like dark chocolate. Their tastes are different. Well, the same is true in a marriage. Some people care means one thing, and for another, the care means something else. In fact, it's probably, it's probably true in your marriage, your wife or your husband is opposite of you. Opposites do attract. Why? It's because God brings a person different from you to complete you, and their strengths strengthen your weakness, and that's what God intends. And their definition of care and how they receive care is very different from how you perceive care. And typically the mistake is, is we put in the marriage what we want out of the marriage. And that's why two people in a marriage are often starving to death. We don't put in the care we want. We put in the care our spouse needs. And affection will sweeten the marriage. Did you notice in verse number 14? He begins by saying, my dove. Now, most of us think that that's just kind of a poetic phrase, like it might be on a Hallmark card. My dove, you know, a dove is cute, it's tender, it coos, it's just so beautiful. Well, that's all true. But I want to suggest it means more than that. You see, in the ancient world at that time, the dove, the dove was a symbol of sexual potency. It was an erotic, sensual word. It, it communicated more than just a poetic, my dove. It was really reaching out emotionally. It was wooing her. It's a tender word. It's full of emotion. It's full of affection. My dove, just the usage of that, is opening up the wellspring of affection in the relationship between him and her. Do you know affection? Affection has an expiration date. You cannot live on the affection of last year, last month, or last week. Affection has an expiration date. Do you know that they, they tell us, relationship experts, that infatuation in a relationship lasts about 18 to 24 months? You will meet Mr. Wright, Mrs. Wright, the perfect person. They're the person of your dreams you've been looking for for about 18 months. And then all of a sudden you'll notice things that, that bother you, that irritate you. Are you falling out of love? No, you're beginning to move past infatuation. And the idea is love has to be renewed 
over and over again. You have to constantly be putting new jelly on the toast. You have to constantly be adding affection. And here the writer is saying, my dove. He is casting his heart. He is casting affection to her. And here's what Scripture is teaching us. If there's ever a point in which they're separated in here, she is in the cleft of the rock. She's in the mountain place. She's removed. She's been separated from him. And what is he doing to get her back engaged in the relationship? He is using affection. My dove. And here's the teaching from Scripture. Love the person back into the relationship. You cannot scold them. You cannot shame them back in the relationship. You cannot guilt them back in the relationship. The Bible is giving us a great insight. Love the person back into the relationship. Notice what he says in verse number 14. Your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. He uses phrases that are endearing. He's pouring affection upon her because he's summonsing her. And he's using the poetic phrase from the cleft of the rock, basically a time of separation and estrangement. He's saying, come back to me. Come back to me in the relationship. Re-engage. Let's be together. Let's reconnect emotionally, spiritually, and physically again. Love the person back in the relationship. I want to take issue with with a signature song of Whitney Houston, the song, I Will Always Love You. Isn't Isn't it odd the song is entitled, I Will Always Love You, but because of bitter and sweet memories, they're walking out the door? Yes. And it's better for me to leave. It's better that I depart. You'll be better and I'll be better. No, I disagree with that. If there are bitter moments, if there are foxes that are spoiling the vine, it's time to sweeten the relationship. Don't walk out on the marriage you're in. Don't walk away from the marriage God has given you now. Stay in it. Sweeten it. Begin to pour affection in the relationship and reconnect with the person. The other day I was flying back to San Antonio and I was in the airport and went in the gate area waiting for the flight to come. And I was sitting in one of those seats, you know, those blue seats that you're, where the uh, passengers sit, sit before getting on the plane. Have you ever been around somebody that's talking on their cell phone too long, too loud? I mean, you know, they're, they're talking in a tone and a voice. Everybody hears them. I'd, I'd rather not have heard this conversation. But he was just talking so loud. I actually thought about going somewhere else so I didn't have to hear that. He's sitting in a row just down from me, but everybody could hear him. And he was talking to somebody about his wife. And the conversation went something like this. I'm done with her. I'm fed up with her. And then the conversation was laced with vulgarities, venom, and bitterness. And then he had the audacity to say, I have no idea why she treats me the way she does. I, I so wanted to step into that conversation and just enlighten him. Why? There was no affection. There was no affection. There was sarcasm. There was, there was hatred. The, the, marriage, the marriage had become toast. Dry, tasteless, boring. And they were missing affection. 
And because of that, it drove them apart. Do you know affection will strengthen the immune system of your marriage? The more, the more affection you give, the more he wants to be home, the more she wants to be around you. The sweeter the marriage is. Let me put it this way. Affection wards off infection in the marriage. And if you want to keep the marriage healthy, even through some of the misunderstandings, the conflicts, the ups and downs, the schedules, the busy, the, all that happens in life, when everything else is happening, even in the storms, never stop giving affection. And here Solomon said, the way to get her back into the relationship, he called her my dove, my sweet dove. Your countenance is lovely. Affection will do that. Affection will bring that person back into the relationship. Let me quote the, theolo the theologian Celine Dion. Can I for a moment? <laughs> she said, love can touch you one time and last for a lifetime. And there's somebody in this room, you need to hear that. It touched you and you're looking for it in another place now. You're thinking it's over. And I want to tell you, you can have the marriage you want. There may be conflict. There may be foxes that are spoiling the vine. What do you do? Don't, don't talk about the problems. Start pouring affection in the relationship. What do I mean by that? It's the holding of hands. It's the opening of a door. Sir, do you ever just tickle her toes with your toes at bed at night? You know? Little things, little things. Affection. The opening of the door. Telling her she looks nice. Telling her, thanking her. You will, guys, you will leave a tip at a restaurant but never thank her for cooking a meal. Shame on us. Shame on us. Things we can do, affection. Fellas, particularly if you've been married a few years, and there's many of us that's in that category, you can get to the... All the kisses in the marriage are just a little peck. You know, going out the door, have a briefcase or have this in your hand, have the files, got to get there, got to get the kids to school, got to get the, got to get on the road before the traffic backs up and going out and maybe you wave and sometimes reach over there and you're having a conversation about something else and give it a little peck and go out. Affection. How about, how about kissing her for more than just a second? How about a five-second kiss? Now, ladies... For the next moment, you don't have to pay attention. <laughs> guys, let me talk to you. All the guys in this room, I'm going to tell you, you say, guy, I can't do it. I'm not built that way. I don't, it's not my chemistry. Yes, you can do it. I'm going to help you right now. Guys need your attention. Here's what I want you to do today. Today, I want you to go up to your wife, and I want you to put your hands on her shoulder. Don't talk about other things. Don't talk about responsibilities, what has to go on tomorrow, and the traffic, the kids to school tomorrow, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just want you to hold her and look into her eyes and then just slowly lean forward. <laughs> I'm going to help you guys. I'm going to help you. She'll remember this moment. Then I want you to take the end of your nose and put it on the end of her nose and just draw a circle a couple times. Okay? okay? Stay with me, guys. Stay with me. All you have to do, hold her shoulder, lean in, draw a circle a couple times. With your nose on the end of her nose, you're about to kiss her. 
go halfway, halfway from the nose to her lips, and then I just want you to hum the letter H. Go, ah. Okay? Hum the letter H. After you've drawn a circle twice on the end of her nose, kiss her, count to five. Don't stop kissing. One, two, three, four, five. She's putty in your hands. She's putty in your hands. You've got it, guy. You've got it. She'll remember that. That that will just energize her for the week and the day. Affection. We all need it. God created us to need that. And what do you do? The dove had flying away. There was separation. He's saying, why'd you fly away, you buzzard? No, he called her a dove. (laughs) You need to get back here where you belong. No, my lovely, my sweet, come back to me. Affection sweetens the marriage. Number two, I share with you right from Scripture, couples bond through connection. Couples bond through connection. Verse number 14, notice this. My dove in the cleft of the rock, in the hiding place of the mountainside, show me your face. Show me your face. You see that? Couples bond through connection. Now, he's not just saying, I just need to see your face, want to glance at you. In the the Hebrew language, it's, it's richer than that. In fact, most scholars believe a better rendering of this would be, show me your form. Your form? What does that mean? An athlete. Have you ever heard somebody say of an athlete, did you see their form? It's not just their hand motion. It's just not them in the uniform. It's everything about them. They become this total package of an athlete, their form. And most scholars believe that's how this could be rendered. Show me, show me your form. In other words, the idea is not merely seeing her face, but capturing her presence. Show me who, let me see, let me enjoy you, let me savor you. Do you know it's possible to be together and not be together? And that's some of us right now. The only thing you share in common is the same mailing address. You live at the same place, but you're not together. You keep separate schedules, separate calendars, separate checkbooks, separate this, separate agendas. You go to separate rooms. You even eat separate. She eats one place and you eat. You're separated. Here he's saying, show me your form. And it's teaching us the importance of connection in marriage. In the Bible, there is a phrase, to know. You'll read in the Bible sometimes, and it'll say, and to know. The word to know in the Bible sometimes means acquaintance and sometimes means sexual intimacy, yes. It'll say, so-and-so knew her and she gave birth to a child. In other words, there's levels of connection. There are different levels of connection. And we need to connect physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I'm here to call us to that. I'm here to encourage us. The opposite of connection is indifference. And everybody married knows what that means, indifference. Well, you feel like you don't matter. There's no, to use the analogy, there's no sweetness 
in the marriage. There's, there's no jelly on the toes. It's boring. It's lost its excitement. And you need to connect. And we live in a very busy world. We have schedules to do and somebody bathes the kids at night and another parent does breakfast in the morning and picks up this and does that and you get home and there's an hour and a half worth of work or emails to attend to and we're busy, 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 busy. And the number one meal that's served in American homes today, and I'm speaking relationally, is leftovers. Leftovers. We do for the job, we do for everybody else, then we come home as a couple and we serve each other leftovers. If we have any energy left over, and sometimes we don't have any energy left over from the day, we have nothing to give the marriage. Do you know that you need to, you need times of connection, you need to go out on a date, even after you're married. And I want to speak to the young families. You have that first baby. Oh, my goodness. That baby, I know he, she's the brightest, the smartest kid in the world. And you have that new baby. And you just, you don't think anybody can babysit that little baby for you. you, 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 you to, for somebody to take your kid, you need a TSA inspection. You, you, you need to have an EMS personnel on, on site all the time because that little baby is so pregnant. I get it. I get it. That's what we thought with our first child and our last child. We would just go down to the corner and that guy says, well, work for food. We hired him to be our baby. I mean, you, you'll get past that, okay? You'll get past that. You need a babysitter. You're not a bad parent if you get a babysitter and get away. And go for coffee together. Go down to the river walk and have dinner together. Go on a cruise. Go to a concert together. Spend time with one another. Connect with one another. You need time. Show me your face. Show me your form. And sometimes we have to unplug from activity and Reconnect with our spouse. The danger sign in a marriage, the danger sign when you're losing your friendship. Yes. You see, the marriage really began as, a, as an acquaintance. Then it moved to a friendship. And then the friendship got enriched and it became a, it became a relationship. And then it got better, and out of that relationship, it became a, a partnership, a marriage. But it, it really started as friendship, and that has to carry through. And in a, in a marriage, if you ever lose friendship, the marriage begins to dry up. Then the little foxes begin to spoil the vine. And that's some of us. We don't laugh together. We don't laugh together anymore. You've lost friendship. And I want to remind us of a passage in Scripture. It's in Genesis chapter number 2. It's the, it's the account of the creation of Adam and Eve. Yes. God created Adam. Adam said, you're in charge of the garden. But God said this of Adam. It's not good for you to be alone. Do you know what that tells me? God created man with the need that God himself said, I will not meet that need. God created man, 
put a need in him, and God says, I'm not going to meet that need. You're going to need somebody else. And that's a wife. So the Bible says the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And during that time, he took a rib. You really believe that? I'm a literalist. I really believe that. Took a rib. And out of the rib created Eve. Adam awoke. The wound was healed. He said, wow. Wow, God, you can do great things here. He saw a woman from his sleep. I can literally tell you it's scripturally correct. Eve was the woman of his dreams. She was created while he slept. Literally the woman of his dreams. And then here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says. Verse number 22. And the Lord God made a woman from a rib that he had taken out of man, and he brought her to the man. He brought her to the man. Who took Eve to Adam? God did. And my question rhetorically is, could God bring you guys back together today? Yeah. This estrangement is... Is someone, is someone in the cleft of the rock in a hiding place distant? Could God bring you back together again? Could God do that? I believe so. The couple that you're busy right now, you're doing everything right, but you're so preoccupied with career and other things that you've allowed some foxes to spoil the a couple that's raised their kids and did an admirable job. But you poured the last 15 years into kids and you kind of lost each other. Could God bring you back together again? Could God sweeten the marriage? I put that jar of jelly in your hand to remind you. You can add something to that marriage today. And God can sweeten. symbol as a connection point would you agree with me as we pray over that and let it let it represent your commitment to affection and your commitment to connection in the marriage let's pray now father i pray over marriages now and there's a headwind against families the busy and the preoccupation and responsibilities and just the crazy life that many of us live Sometimes, God, we don't have anything but leftovers. Help us, God, right now to reassess and rebalance ourselves. To set it right, God, the priorities in the home of affection and connection. And for those who've had foxes spoiling the vine, and there's, there's tension, and there's criticism, and there's some negative things, just pray God will forgive it and forget it now. And you'll just help us, Lord, to commit that we can do something about that starting today. And we can make the marriage we're in right now better. And I pray over couples. I pray over that couple that had a long season of, of separation emotionally. 
I pray over that couple that's just drifted apart. Bring their hearts back together again. Honor their commitment to you today to prioritize this marriage, to put their best in this marriage, to sweeten this marriage. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you and go in the goodness of the Lord.